All right, tonight we continue and conclude our series called Simon Says. Okay, we've been studying a part of the very first chapter in a letter called First Peter. And it's called First Peter because it, it was one of three letters that Peter wrote. And so that's why it's called First Peter or some would call it One Peter. All right. And so we started looking at a few verses in chapter one, but tonight we're actually going to conclude the series by jumping a little bit into chapter two. And I hope that's okay with you because it's what we've already decided for tonight. All right. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the book of First Peter. And we're going to look at the first three verses in First Peter chapter two. And as you're turning there or you're finding it on your Bible app, just want to remind you that the book of First Peter was written by a guy named Peter, and it was to a group of Christians in the early church who were dealing with what's called persecution. They were dealing with difficult times because people were oppressing them. They were making their lives difficult and tough because of their faith in Jesus Christ. He writes to them that their lives have been changed, that they have been born again to what he would call a living hope. Which means it's not something that we put our trust and faith in because it's something in front of us that we can think we can depend on. Because we think it's going to last. Because we know that nothing in this life really lasts, at least not when it comes to eternity. And so Peter is writing to this group of Christians who are dealing with very difficult lives right now because of the people that don't like their faith in Jesus. And so he writes them, he, he encourages them, and, and, he, and he gives them some commands. Simon Peter says a few things, and so we're going to look at that tonight. And, and I think the question that all of us have gone through, whether you've grown up in church, um, like myself, or this is probably your first week or your first month in church, is how do I grow closer to God? I think many of us would acknowledge that there is some supernatural being out there in the cosmos that we would refer to as God. And if you're a Christian in here, no doubt you have dealt with the question of, well, how can I feel closer to God? How can I grow closer to him? I feel like God is just so distant. I feel like he's just so out there that it's as if he created the, the, the world, he created earth, he put me in my family, he placed me right here in Oviedo, and it's like, man, that's it. Like, I don't feel close to God whatsoever. And so what I want you to understand is that the Bible teaches us just how we can grow closer to God. The Bible teaches us how we can draw near to him. And the Bible teaches, we're going to see in just these two verses in 1 Peter chapter 2, that there are three mindsets that we can have to grow closer to God. See, it's as if we've been consuming spiritual junk food. It's as if we've been filling our minds and our bodies and our souls with things that really don't last. And so in the same way that with our physical bodies, junk food, fast food, eating out all the time may, may taste really good, it may feel really convenient. It might, um, it might just hit the spot when you are absolutely dying of hunger. Not really, though, though sometimes y'all act like it. We all know that fast food and junk food doesn't quite sit the same as, like, wholesome food. And as you get older, you realize that junk food actually takes away your appetite for wholesome food. Isn't that interesting? That... 
the worst kind of food actually diminishes or decreases your appetite for what you actually need. And so some would say that if you eat junk food for your whole entire life, you would be malnourished. You would have poor nourishment in your body because you're not getting the nutrients that you absolutely need. And so the same exact principle applies to our spiritual life, guys. The same exact principle applies to our spiritual lives. When we consume and take in spiritual junk food, like we're spiritually malnourished. We're spiritually lacking in the things that we absolutely need. And so, and so I, I want to break that down a little bit tonight in, in challenging the way that you think. Because the way we think determines how we act and how we live our lives. And so I believe that First Peter chapter 2 gives us three mindsets, like I said, for growing closer to God. And those three mindsets would be to remember your power source. To eliminate the sin in your life and to desire growth through God's word. These three mindsets we don't just see in this book, but I believe you can, you can trace throughout scripture. And that when we apply these mindsets to how we think and how we live, well we're actually going to find that God doesn't feel so far off, but rather we feel like we're drawing closer to him. That we're spiritually growing. Because that's the challenge. That's the real question. It's not how can I feel closer to God, but it's how can I grow spiritually? How can I mature as a Christian, someone who has given their life to God? And so I want to break that down for you tonight. We're going to start reading in 1 Peter chapter 2. And like I said, we only got three verses for tonight. But Peter continues in chapter 2 and he writes these words. So put away all malice and all deceit. And hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So we're gonna break down these three verses right now, okay? Our first mindset that we need to have to grow closer to God is to remember our power source. Remember our power source. And you might be asking, well, what do you mean by that? Do I need like a, like a power block, a USB cord? Like, like where's the power source coming from? Coming from the wall? No, it's not coming from the wall. It's not electricity. But it's our spiritual power. And he starts off chapter 2, and he says this one word. This one little word. He says, so. So. Remember, when we're looking at chapter 1, we saw a word that was Therefore. And every time you see the word therefore in scripture, what, you ask, what question should you ask? What's it there for? Because it is the next step in someone's argument. It's like they're laying out why Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal of all time. And they're going to lay out because of this cinnamon swirls. They're going to talk about, I'm not really sure what are the reasons because I don't think it's number one. But if you guys do, that's fine. And so you lay out an argument, students, and then you're like, therefore, it's number one. Therefore is the continuation of the argument. And so this word right here in verse 1, so, is this continuation of what we talked about last week. And so if you were here, you, uh, let me remind you that um, Hunter walked us through what does it mean to love one another. And in chapter 1, we see that First Peter, he starts to talk about 
how the word of God is not just some stale words on a piece of paper. The word of God is the Bible, but the word of God, Peter would say, is living. It is a living word. It is able to give life. And so as we, as we think about what our power source is, we got to be reminded, young Christians, listen to me, we got to be reminded that our power source doesn't just come from how we feel that day. Because if I'm being honest, like 50% of the time, I'm not feeling it that day. I want to roll back over and go back to sleep. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And so it's not about how we feel, but it's about what God's word declares. It's about the truth. Not your truth. Not, not, not how you feel. Not what you want to be true. But it's what God's word teaches. And this is our power source. All right? And so we start off with this one word, so, because he talks about the living word. And so he continues, after we remembered our power source, we put away. Your clothes that are laying on your floor. So help me. If I come back in this room, young man, any of y'all ever been told that by your parents? Put your clothes away. Okay, so it's just some of you. Okay. That's not what Peter writes. Peter writes, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And this is the second mindset that we need to have, that we need to eliminate the sin in our life. Eliminate the sin. Get rid of it. And so as we break down this verse, we see that Peter writes, so put away. And those two words that, that, that he uses right there would be the same as to get rid of. The same words are used in the context of you have a dirty piece of clothing, take it off and get rid of it. It's not that you hold on to it, but it's that you completely get rid of it. In in the early church, when people would get baptized, they would go to get baptized. They would change into different clothes to get baptized. And those clothes that they came to get baptized in, guess what? They would leave and get rid of. And the church would give them new clothes to leave in. And so what this symbolized was that their old life that they came to get baptized in is no longer the life that they live. Their old life is, is, is we're getting rid of it. We're, we're going to put it away. We're not going to hold on to it, but rather we are going to absolutely get rid of this old way of living. And so what are we to get rid of? Okay, so we see a couple words here. We have malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Okay. So malice is the word that he begins with. And malice is a word that we don't usually use a whole lot in, in our vocabulary. But what the original readers would have understood was that this word was referring to all sorts of evil. It was a general word for anything really bad that you could do to somebody else. And so this is the word that he, he starts with. He continues on with deceit. This word is the same word that might be used in a connection with a, 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 a magician, sorry, an illusionist. It has this idea of bait and a fish hook. That's interesting. Any of y'all fishers in here? Any, got any fishers? Yeah. A few of y'all? Hunter's never been fishing. He's lying right now. 
This man don't even know what a fishing pole is, bro. You lying. We in church, man. We in church. You fish, really? One fish? Good for you. You put Nemo back? That's where he went. I'm just messing with you. And so what's the point of the fish hook? Do you, on the, on the fish hook, do you put a big sign, hey, fish, come right here. This is going to be good for you. No. But you do try to trick the fish into taking your bait and the fish hook. So this idea is that you are drawing somebody in just to deceive them. He continues and he says, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy would have referred to as an actor who was having two roles in one play. It was somebody who had a face on to play one person, and then they would turn it around to play a different character. You and I know someone to be a hypocrite when what they say doesn't match up with what they do. Yeah, 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 I'm an all-star on the basketball team. Yeah, that's me. Like, bro, I've never even seen you on a basketball court. Like, I've never even seen you play a game. Like, you're lying. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, you know, I represent Jesus. He's my, my Lord and Savior. Yeah, I'm the one that's yelling and cussing at, at the school table. And so, like, with what you do doesn't match up with what you say. Well, well you're a hypocrite. Because you're, you're saying one thing and then you're turning the mask around to be something different. He continues with envy. This is to be jealous for somebody else's Blessing, somebody else's possession. And then finally, he ends this sentence with, with slander, which would have meant to the original readers, someone who gossips, someone who whispers behind someone else's back. So when you slander somebody, you talk about them without them knowing about it, and it's hurtful to them. The last thing I would kind of just point out, and I think this is kind of, kind of neat, something we kind of brush over sometimes, is that in this verse, Peter uses the word all, Three times. And so when we see in scripture sometimes something repeated three different times over or, or back to back to back, it has this sense of this idea of completion. So what I want you to notice is this. That is important because what Peter is writing is not a, a list of sins that you should avoid to be a good person. What Peter is writing is that, okay, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. But not only that, this actually represents... Um, any kind of evil. This represents any kind of, of sin. So it's not just that so-and-so is over here um, stealing, but I'm just over here like spreading little white lies. Like that, that's not that bad. Because they're the ones that are actually doing something wrong. It's like, listen, the little white lies that you're spreading are just as bad as somebody who commits a legal crime. All the sin is equal in God's eyes. And so this mindset that we need to have, students, is that we should eliminate the sin in your life. When you were saved, when Christ forgave you of your sins, guess what? He washed you clean. And so this isn't saying that you and I need to work really, really hard so that we can be a good person. What this is saying is that now that we have been bought with the blood of Christ, we live our lives in a way that doesn't put obstacles in our way of growing close to God. Listen, what was the original question? The original question was, how can I grow close to a God who feels so distant? Why would we want to put obstacles in our way if we're trying to get from point A to point B? Does that make sense? Like, if we're trying to get from here to there, why would we put all of these different hurdles and obstacles in our way? And guess what? The sin that we allow into our lives 
are those obstacles. When we gossip about one another, obstacles. When we are jealous for somebody else, obstacles. When we slander other people, when we have anger or malice in our heart, guess what? You don't feel close to God because God is a loving and good God and you have anger in your heart for somebody else. That's the opposite of God. So put away this. Get, get rid of it. Don't hold on to it, but rather throw it to the side and move on. The last mindset we need to have, we move into verse number two. And Peter writes that like newborn infants, we should long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. And so this third mindset that we should have is that we should desire growth through God's word. And that might seem very basic, very elementary, very simple. But sometimes we have to get simple to be reminded of what we should be doing. And so this isn't about what we make out of it, but this is about growing closer to God, right? So if we want to grow closer to God, we need to have that desire for growth. But we've already established that our power source comes from God's word. And so what Peter's teaching here is that we should desire growth through that power source, which is God's word. And the example he starts out with is kind of interesting because he writes newborn infants. As if the word infants wasn't enough. He says like newborn infants, you should long for something. And so when he writes those two words, newborn infants, he is basically saying like a baby that has zero power whatsoever, is completely dependent on their mother and their parents for, for nourishment, for security, for protection, all that kind of stuff. Listen, that's you and I. We need to have this dependency on God as if we are powerless. You know, I think one of the worst lies that, that we have fallen for when it comes to living today is that we have the power to actually be in control. See, I think you and I fall for the lie that we are actually in control of everything around us. And that we can take care of ourselves. I can take care of my own. I don't need help from anybody around me. I got friends, I got, I got relationships, I, I got family. But at the end of the day, listen, I don't, I don't need you I can do me. And I think that's such a dangerous lie because, like, we need relationships with people. We need family. We need friends. And most importantly, we need God. So he says, like, newborn infants, and this is the command here, to long for the pure spiritual milk. And the word pure and spiritual right here are translated kind of, interestingly different throughout parts of Scripture, but what it's referring to is God's Word. This is the nourishment we need. If we want to grow, guess what? We got to be spiritually nourished. This spiritual junk food's got to stop, people. We, we, we got to stop looking towards social media. We got to stop looking for entertainment to patch the hole in our soul we got to stop looking for the quick fix in life to fill the gaping void of our spiritualness. 
And so we should long for, we should desire the pure spiritual milk, which is the nourishment that comes from God's word. Why? Why should we do this? Because by it, through it, this is, this is the process of what could happen. It says, you may grow up. You may grow up. And the word here, the, the, the wording here is, is also interesting. This, this whole passage is, is fascinating. But what this is saying is that, listen, if you do this, this is what could happen. This is what could happen if, if you change your mindset. If you will eliminate the sin in your life. If you will remember the power source of the living word within you. If you would just get back to depending on God. And guess what could happen? You could grow up into salvation. Salvation. And you might be thinking, you know, Pastor West, you know, I've been saved. I've, I've asked God to forgive me my sins, that he'd be Lord and Savior of my life, and that he would take me to heaven when I die. Like, I get that. You're a Christian. You've been born again. You have received salvation. But what Peter here is talking about is the completion of that. You see, as believers, we are living through a process called sanctification. And sanctification is this lifelong process of being made more and more like Jesus. And so what Peter is, is instructing this church, these believers going through a difficult time, is that as you are being sanctified, listen, you got to change your mindset. Because when we do these things, we continue to complete the work of salvation. That sanctification would be made complete. When we remove the obstacles that we put between us and God, when we rely on the original power source of hearing God's word, hearing the gospel, what really changes lives for all of eternity, this is what completes the work that Christ began in us. You see, in chapter 1, we read that God's word is imperishable. It's an imperishable seed that has been planted. And what that means is when we, when we hear the gospel... There's a seed planted into our heart. In the gospel, Jesus Christ himself instructs us that there are various kinds of hearts that will receive that seed. Some, he will say, are as if they are soil that has a bunch of rocks in it. Guess what happens? When that seed tries to grow, it'll grow for a little bit. But if you've ever planted seed in soil that's rocky, when Difficult times come when, this, when the heat comes scorching, when the wind comes blowing. Guess what? It's got no roots in those rocks. And so the plant, it withers and dies. He goes on to talk about a few different ones. And so the one that he says actually sticks it through is the heart that has the soil that is ready to receive. And so when you are ready to receive the gospel... The seed of salvation, the seed of the gospel is planted within you. And as it grows up in you, as it grows up in you and as you mature as believers, we need to check our mindset. Because as we grow spiritually, we shouldn't grow more distant from God. As we grow spiritually, we don't grow distant from God, we actually grow closer to him. As we remember and rely on the power source, God's word. 
as we check ourselves daily to eliminate the sin that sets obstacles right in front of us. The anger in our heart, the jealousy in our heart, the gossip that we spread, all of these silly little things that keep us from going closer to God, as we eliminate those, the path gets wide open. And it gets so easy to walk towards God. And as believers, we need to continue to have this desire, this hunger, this longing for growth. That we would grow up into salvation. Because he, he concludes in verse 3, if you remember me reading it a second ago. It says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you have been saved through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, guess what? You have tasted that the Lord is good. God allowed you, a sinner, to be redeemed and forgiven, to spend eternity with him. Not only that, but that you would have a life of purpose and meaningfulness right here on earth. You have tasted that the Lord is good. So grow up. Get rid of the spiritual junk food. And let's consume God's word because it is living. It doesn't put obstacles in front of us. Rather, it makes the path wide open for us to grow closer to him. And so that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Will you eliminate the, God, or eliminate the obstacles that are right in front of you? So you might be thinking, you know, what does this mean for me? And I think a few things that we could think about tonight is that we could pray and thank God for what he's done. Something very simple, something very, very basic. But how meaningful is it when someone saw that you did something and actually came up and said, hey, thank you for doing that. It's a, it's, it's a small thing, but it, but it means so much. So maybe we should pray and thank God for the work that he's done in our life. Maybe you'd say, you know, Pastor Wes, I, know I need to get rid of some sin. As Peter would say, put away that I would just take it and get rid of it. I wouldn't hold on to it, but rather I would make way to grow closer to God by getting rid of these obstacles. Maybe you just need to be reminded of the desire for God's word. That you would long for it as if you couldn't live without it. Because honestly, we can't. And so that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Is to remember Remember the power source of which brought us salvation. To check ourselves. That we would eliminate the sin, the malice, the anger, the jealousy, the slander, the God, whatever it might be. That we'd be able to grow closer to God through the power of his word. Will you do that tonight? Will you do that the rest of this week? The rest of the school year? Will you... Listen to the command and be obedient to scripture that God wouldn't feel distant, but rather we would draw closer to him. I hope you will. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for fun. We thank you for friends. God, we thank you for family. God, we thank you for your word. God, that you, God, that you instruct us to live in a way that is very straightforward. It's simple at times, but it's, it's hard to put into practice. It's tough. It's so easy to, 
to gossip. It's so easy to spread rumors. It's, it's so easy to, to take the easy way out. It's hard sometimes to do the right thing, and, 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 I, and I recognize that. So, God, because of that, I pray for all of the students in here, all the adults, myself included, God, that you'd continue to work in us. God, that we would, every single day, choose the right thing. Not because that's what makes us a good person, but because that's what your word instructs us to live. That's how you are glorified. When we have love for one another, when we live according to your holiness, when, 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 when we do these things, you're glorified. So God, I pray for myself also that you would help us all to eliminate the sin that's right in front of us. That the obstacles that keep us from being close to you, God, that they be eliminated. God, I pray for every student in here that has not experienced the goodness of you. God, that you would just overwhelm them. God, that they would feel how much and know how much you care about them. How much you love them. How much you gave for them. God, that they would give their lives. That they would surrender everything to you. And that from now and through the rest of eternity, that they would be close to you. So God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand. We're going to sing some songs.